being a dad and being a teacher is going to be hard because I'm going to keep one eye up here and one eye over there <laughs> watching her. It's, a, it's just something I'm not going to be able to stop. So if you see me holler out all here, hear me holler out all here, don't be alarmed by it. It doesn't have anything to do with our lessons. <laughs> let's, uh, let's bow our heads, guys, if you don't mind. Lord, we come to you tonight in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the time we've had of worshiping you, Lord. And now we just want to dig in your Bible. And you wrote it, Lord. We want you to teach it to us. And Lord, make these truths known to us that we may live our lives according to what it says and line our lives up with your word and not line your word up with our lives. Let me pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you guys a story. I want, I want to start to tell you about a story that I got to think about this morning. So we were, we went to a, um, me and Kristen, when we were dating, we went on a missions trip to Charleston, West Virginia, and it was blistering in the summertime. And the conditions were horrible. They were horrible. We slept in an old high school, so there was a lot of different smells. But all of us guys slept in a classroom on air mattresses. And you can only imagine, you didn't get much sleep. It was not good for sleeping. The air mattress would go out on you and stuff like that. The food was, you were always had to wait in line for a food, a shower. It just was not good physically. Physically, it was hard. But spiritually, I learned so many things about that weekend, about the Lord, that I, I just love them. One of them was this. So we worked on this person's house, on this lady's house. And we put a roof on her house. And it was the hottest work I had ever done in my entire life. And I was one of the older people in our group. So I had to tote the shingles to the top of that ladder. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you what, it seemed like we never had enough shingles on that roof. I kept, I was, that's what I did pretty much all the time was toting shingles up to the roof. And uh, so came the end of the week, and we have bonded with these people, our, our group. What they did was they took two people out of each church, and they put you in a group. And I didn't like that at first. I wanted to be around people I knew. But later looking back, I love that because it lets you meet and greet and stuff like that with new people. By the end of the week, we were family, pretty much. We we had, we were eating, sleeping, working together. I mean, we were seeing each other, you know, all the time. So I loved all the groups that I was always with. And the lady that was leading our group was a magnificent Christian lady. I mean, just super godly lady. And at the very end, they brought us pizza. One of the churches brought us pizza. And I'm thinking to myself, finally a little resemblance of life, you know, and I'm just so happy. They brought it to our, our work place at the house, and I was just very happy about it. Well, as we go to eat, the homeowner comes out, and our group leader lets the homeowner go first. Now, as a Christian, I'd like to tell you that I was happy and made the person a plate. But in my own mind, we had worked and just had been through this horrible time, and she was getting to go first. And not only she getting, she's eating it all. We deserve that pizza. You know, like, like we deserve this our pizza. Like, how are you going back and eat our pizza? You know? And I'm just, I was kind of upset about it. And not pouty, but guys, I tell you, you got to know where we were. Like, we were not just sitting in our air conditioned cars. Okay, this was hard work. And the Lord, I believe revealed to me or let me understand that what my group leader was doing was just what Jesus had done. Jesus did all the hard work and we get the spoils of his hard work 
we get to enjoy and we get to live and we get to just we get to think with a right mind we get so many blessings because of what Jesus had done and our our group leader knew exactly what she was doing and I even I even messaged her on Facebook and and told her the story I just told you guys and she was very thankful for it but she was a she was a mighty godly woman but I feel like a lot of people would have been like you know we'll take you some when we get done you know that's what I would have been like at first but but just I love the way that the Lord can teach you real life lessons right in right in person it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. So, Let's jump into Romans chapter 6. We're not on 13 yet. We're in Romans chapter 6. You thought we were in Romans 13? I'm in education ministry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, then reading Romans. We're only going to go for the first 11 verses, or if that's what the Lord has us to do. Uh, we just want to be very mindful of what the Lord wants to do tonight. But um, but I really like these first eleven verses, and then the next, and when twelve starts next week, it'll be a different subject. Tonight, the main gist of what we're going to be learning about is Christians acting like Christians, acting like Christians, acting like Christians, acting like Christ. And it's just God has given us the tools to live a Christian life, and it is up to us to take those tools. And to be Christians, you have no excuse tonight, no excuse, no excuse, you have the tools to live as a Christian if you so choose. There's a lot of people, a lot of Christians that are on the fence, a lot, of, and I was one of those Christians at one time. I was living one foot in church and one foot out in the world, and let, let's just start out. Let's just go into verse number one. Let's, let's look at Romans number one. We're going to read over here in NLT. We're going to skip back and forth a little bit. I've read Romans 6 in probably three or four different versions. And NLT is pretty, it's, it's right there with all the other versions. It's just easier to comprehend and it's easier to read out of. So let's look at NLT. Uh, number one. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Sin, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Let's stop right there. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So what Paul, I feel like you be is addressing here, is people who call themselves Christians and are actually Christians, but they're wanting to live a life in the world and a life in the church is where they're trying to do both things. There is no room in the Christian life for sin. No room for it. No room whatsoever. Let's, we're going to stay on number two just for a second there. It is very beneficial for you to be wishy-washy to the devil. It's very, wish, it's very beneficial to the devil for you to be wishy-washy. Let's, let's look at this for just a second. The devil can use people that are one foot in church, one foot out of church. Sometimes they're a Christian, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're living for the Lord, sometimes they're living for themselves. He can use a person like that very strongly. Let's, I want to just show you a couple of examples of this. The first thing I felt when I was trying to live for God and myself was I was bringing condemnation on the church. 
when I was not serious about my Christian faith, I was giving the world reason to blaspheme the church. I wasn't serious. I don't know why. I, I tried. I was trying to be a Christian. I really was trying to be a Christian. But it was so hard to. And when my friend would call me and say, hey, let's go to this party tonight, it was impossible for me to tell him no. I wanted to do what was right and to stay on read my Bible. I wanted to go to a Bible study. But it was almost impossible. It was like a magnet was drawing me there. Well, as soon as I would go and hang out with my friends and have a few beers and get drunk and stuff like that, you know what the first thing happened? A wave of condemnation and guilt and just, I had let God down. Disappointment just flooded my entire being. It just, it hurt so bad. So for the next couple of days, I would beg the Lord to forgive me. And I would. I, and I believe he could get the Lord would forgive me. And the next weekend, he would say, I, my buddy would say, hey, let's go out to a party again. Let's go do this again. Let's go, let's go hang out again. I was not being faithful to my church. I was not being faithful to God. I wasn't doing that. There are many problems with people, with Christians, that have no problem sinning, but yet are maybe teachers of a class, maybe they're a leader of a church in that position. You are you can be used mightily of the devil in those situations. I wrote another one down. It makes the world look at Christianity negatively. And it makes the church who surrounds you lose faith in you. And that's how I felt. I felt like I, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. I was trying to live for the Lord, but I don't think I really understood how to live for the Lord. But I was also living in the world, and I was doing all the things that the world wanted me to do, too. Hanging out at parties, doing whatever I wanted to do. And I was in Sheets one day. I'll never forget this. Never, never told anybody about this because I was too ashamed of it. But I was in Sheets one day, standing at the line, and I looked behind me, there was a person I went to church with, and I had a little 12-pack sitting on the, on the counter. I was about to buy a little party. And my heart broke, and I knew what I was doing was wrong. But there is nothing, you cannot bring glory to God living one foot in and one foot out. It's not going to work like that. It can't work like that. You're either devoted to Him, or you're not devoted to Him at all. I ask you tonight, guys, very seriously, very seriously. Ask the Lord to show you your sins in, your, in the mirror, in the Bible, and ask His help to correct those sins. Ask Him, because I'm just telling you, there's no place in the Christian's heart, there's no place in the Christian's body for that kind of mess. It's not. And when I'm talking about sin, and let me bring it up to this way. We have an advocate with God that we can go to Him and ask forgiveness. Like I told you, I believe the Lord forgave me a million times over. But it's just like this. It's just like my wife, Kristen, and I. I love Kristen. She's my wife. We've been really together for a long time. She's my wife, obviously. If I make a mistake against her, it'll hurt her feelings. Will she forgive me? Yeah, she'll forgive me probably. But I still hurt her. And as a Christian... Our sin hurts our God. Why would we want to do that? Why would you want to hurt someone that you love? I don't want to hurt Kristen. I don't want to hurt Audrey or Hudson or Winston. I don't want to hurt any of you. I don't want to hurt any of you guys. 
Well, we hurt God by our own decisions when we sin and when we fall short. Let's look at this. If you do, though, we've got an advocate, which is Jesus. Let's keep going. Number three. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Let's look at that last part of there just for a second. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Let's look at that for a second. Trace, let's go over to Colossians number 3 and 10. What is it talking there about our new lives? What is that? Let's go to Colossians number 3 and verse 10. And let's, let's take a look there. What is it talking about our, our new life? What, what is our new life? But put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become more like him. Let's look over now in the New King James Version. And put on the, the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So this new life is to learn to know our creator and to become more like him. That's what being a Christian is all about. It's becoming more and more like Jesus. That's what being a Christian is all about. Let's go back over to Romans chapter 6 and verse 5. I want to, let's go back. I'm sorry, Teresa. We'll go to number four one more time. I want to read this. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We'll stay right here for just a second, but we are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now, let me tell you, this isn't a very, you know, encouraging message tonight, but that doesn't matter to me because all the only thing that matters to me is that the Lord has lifted up. But I want to tell you about this. And this is something I realized then. I even called Steve about it because I want to just get his input on the whole thing as well. When we... As Christians, when the Lord died and rose again, we have that new life. We can be more like Him. We have died to our sins. Sin no longer has power over us. It no longer has dominion over us. If you sin as a Christian, it is by choice, guys. It is by choice. We choose to sin. Nobody makes us. No, no we can't blame somebody else. It's up to us. And when we realize that as Christians, when it's our decision whether we do right or if we do wrong, it's our decision. It's your decision if you lie to your boss man or if you tell him the truth. Nobody's forcing you. It's not the devil's fault. It's not, you know, it's not God's fault. It's not your predicament's fault. But when you choose to do right or you choose to do wrong, it's, it's your decision. When that responsibility is laid at your feet, you have nobody to blame when you do wrong. There's nobody to blame there. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with Him. 
we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin, but now he lives. He lives for the glory of God. I want to stop right there. No, just for another second. Number 10. Jesus lives for the glory of God. That should be our main reason of living as well, is for the glory of God. That should be the reason we come to church. That should be the reason that we read our Bibles. That should be the reason that we raise our kids. That should be the reason that we uh, uh, fellowship with other Christians, is to give glory to God, to bring glory to Him. That should be our only focus in life. And if it's anything less than that, I, I don't see how it's Christian. I don't see how it's God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Let's look at number 11 as, as we come to a close with our, our study tonight in Romans. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. A lot of people, a lot of Christians, including myself, we wanted to have Jesus and our sins at the same time. We wanted to still live in the world, but we, I wanted to live a godly life as well. I wanted to do both of them, and I can't do that. If I sold a broke-down car, let's say I had a car that was always breaking down. This thing was a July. And let's say, for example, I sold the thing, and I bought a brand-new car. Runs great, cranks every time, runs awesome, got air conditioning, radio, everything. How foolish would it be if I tried to get my old car back? That wouldn't make sense, would it? That car has left me stranded so many times I can't even count. That's the same thing we do as Christians when we try to pick, when we try to live one foot in the world and one foot back in the church. I come to you guys tonight with a lesson, guys, that I feel like is looked over a lot in churches because it's not very popular. It's not a popular message. But with God, He has saved us. He has paid a price for the penalty of our sins. And it's important that we stop and we repent of those and go the opposite way. I want to tell you about this as we go to close. This is our last part. A lot of times in the, in the Bible, there's a story about the woman who was caught in adultery. And we all remember the part when she said, when the Lord said, Who are thy accusers? And she says, Lord, I have none. Well, Jesus tells her there in the end, Go, but sin no more. Why was it important that she stopped sinning? Why was that a problem? Why was that a priority? Because she was going to wind up right where she was if she continued down that lifestyle again and again and again. I'll tell you of a lifestyle tonight that you can have that's in Jesus that can free you from that mess. Even my boy Hudson, he, we, were, we listened to a song, my heel song is, is Break Every Chain. And I love that song. Gosh, I, I don't know if you would believe the Bill song. I don't know. I don't know. But that song is awesome. And we sing that thing. And he asked me to play it every once in a while. And even Hudson told me, he said, Dad, Jesus broke the chains in my heart. He broke those. And even if Hudson can understand, I know that we can understand it as Christians. Jesus breaks those chains. Yes, ma'am. I know um, you're stopping now, but I like verse 14 under the New King James Version, for sin shall not have dominion over you, 
for you are not under law but under grace and I thank God for that grace because there's no way we can un we can live for the law there's no way it's, it's not possible that's right even even Paul Moses Abraham all of these great and mighty men of God King David um, Solomon all these Joseph even Joseph nobody could live up to that law now that sin has no more dominion over us and I'll tell you well, let me tell you about this. At work, I deal with a lot of stupid problems, honestly, at work. I just deal with a lot of crazy things at work. And nothing makes me more mad than to deal with a stupid problem that should have been found. You know, it was, I don't like stupid mistakes. I can't stand them. It seems like every day I deal with stupid mistakes. And I, my anger just climbs and climbs and climbs and climbs and climbs. And... I'll just lash out at somebody. I'll say something I didn't mean to say. And I've got a problem with that. And the Lord and I are working on it. I'm asking the Lord to help me with that issue. Because that's not being a Christian. I don't feel like that's, that's not bringing glory to the Lord when I do that. And today, Teresa, when I found out that sin has no power over me, I don't have to act like that. I'm choosing to do that. You see what I'm saying? I, it's my decision to lie. It's my decision to to be disrespectful. It's my decision. You see what I'm saying? I'm I'm the one that's to blame here. You yeah. see what I'm saying? We, not we choose not how we react. Else. It's me. And when I realize that I fall short, that I'm the one that's calling the shots here and they're wrong, that's when I really am like, Lord, please forgive me. I've messed up. As long as I can blame somebody else, I don't feel like I'm the one that has to be blamed at all. You see what I'm saying? But... Yeah, number 12 and on. That's a really good thing. I'm really excited about that next week. We're going to get there next week. Guys, I hope you'll come back and be a, a part of it. It's a lot of wonderful things in there. And I'll turn it over to Steve Turner.